Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 18 of Near Death Dolls. I'm Paige. And I'm Lisa. And we are your hosties with the mosties. While talking about ghosties. And other obsessive shit. Mm -hmm. I am obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us today as Paige discusses the case of a man who loved a mummy. Wait, Paige, didn't you love the mummy? Oh, hell yeah, I did. I didn't uh, kidnap any mummies, though. And I only loved the mummy when he grew back his six-pack. Mm-hmm. That's delish. Mm. I can get mm-hmm. I can get behind that, in front of that, below that, on top of that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dolls After Dark. And Dolls After Dark talking about six-packs. <laughs> Call in with your six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> Call in with your six-pack. <laughs> What's on your mind tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Woo, but anyway, let's get to know the dolls a little bit since we're not drinking mm-hmm. today. No. Nope. Lisa, I yeah, I know, right? Next time we'll drink. Um Lisa, in the meantime, what is your horror movie pet peeve? Oh, that's a toughie. There's a lot of them. I, I get that. <laughs> a lot of pet peeves with horror movies. <laughs> uh, well, bad acting. Not all horror movies have bad acting. And a lot of the times, it's um, if you're watching a much older, like a classic horror movie, the acting's going to be different because we judge it differently these days. Yeah, uh, true. You, you know, but uh, something else I have a pet peeve with. And maybe maybe in your question you meant like in the movie itself, but I think I have a big problem with horror movies having bad endings, like not oh God. like yes. you know either everything's really fine, like way too good, mm-hmm. or things are um, or they're they're just so bad. I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, oh no, I get it. Uh, yes, I I don't know. So I I guess to give you. An understanding of what I feel like is a good ending to a horror movie, even though this wasn't a horror movie. The second season of American Horror Story, uh, the way enough. it ended, yeah, the way it ended was perfect because I uh, uh, shoot, I'm gonna no have to spoilers. cut this. I, I'm not gonna spoil it. If you've seen the end of season two of American Horror Story, I love the ending. The way it ended to me is like how horror movies should end. But um, now I gotta go watch it to see what you mean by that. Yeah, you have to. Um, if I could throw in one more horror movie, actual thing that happens in it is um, I hate <laughs> I hate when the parents like say something's happening with the kids and the parents and blah, blah blah, and the parents are like, "Oh, honey, did you have a nightmare? Oh, let me cuddle." I'm like, "No, my parents were like, go back to bed. It was a nightmare. Fuck off." <laughs> <laughs> it was very rarely like. Okay, you had a nightmare. We'll just go back to sleep. And you're like, what about in those scary movies? Aren't you supposed to like hold me until I fall back asleep and tell yeah, me a cute come story? Yeah, sleep in bed with me. Look under the bed to make sure there's no monsters. That's not real. That is that not real. That doesn't happen. That's true. That never happened with me either. It was more like I would make up 
a nightmare just to try and like sneak into bed with my parents so I could sleep in their bed when I was a little, little kid. And they'd be like, nope, back to bed. I'm like, oh, dang. <laughs> they caught on. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's not how it is in real life. No, no one's that nice to their kids. They're just not. No, they got to wake up. They got to wake up tomorrow way early, go to work. They're like, I'm tired already. Don't even try and wake me up with your nightmare nonsense. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, uh, hey, Paige, what's your horror movie pet peeve? Uh, I, I agree with you about the ending thing. I hadn't thought of that before you said it, but I agree. I've had so many horror movies where I was enjoying it the entire time, right up until like the last five or ten minutes, and then I was like wanted to throw up and turn it off because it was so awful. And two, two of those movies, uh, people are going to hate me for this, are Drag Me to Hell, because I liked the movie up until the end, and, um, God, what was that other movie? Cabin in the Woods? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those two movies. I loved them up until the end, and now I can't even, I don't even <laughs> want to watch them again, because I hated the end so much. But oh, that wasn't my, I know, right? That wasn't my original answer. My original answer was going to be that I've been hating... Uh, the scary movies that they've been cranking out over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years because mm-hmm. they all revolve around, they they all have the same tropes of like family or, you know, single mom or something. And then something comes in and attacks the family and tries to get them to like hate each other and break up. I mean, that's not even over the last 15 years. That's been since, like, Amityville Horror came out. It's like Mm. they think that the only thing that's scary is something supernatural that attacks a family. It's like, you know what? I've seen this before. Every other movie has a family that gets attacked by a supernatural presence. I get it. (laughs) Do something different. (laughs) So you hate the predictability. Yes, I do. I even watched Dark skies because i it was about aliens and i kind of wanted to i love dark skies i love that movie did you i I liked it too i liked it too but you gotta admit they did the same exact thing as like an insidious or you know they Mm -hmm. always they're trying to pull us apart yeah they're trying to pull us apart the aliens are trying they could have literally replaced the word aliens with poltergeist demon possession and it would have been like the same movie but I liked it too actually there was a lot of good parts about it and had some good acting in dark Mm -hmm. skies yeah but anyway that's my pet peeve all right our peeves have been thoroughly petted (laughs) they better calm down now (laughs) Mm -hmm. simmer down simmer down but yeah you know let's let's get into this story about the guy who loved a mummy so it's not the sexy sexy emotep mummy from the mummy (laughs) god i wish maybe in another episode we'll talk about that (laughs) yum all right how about this one is this a yummy tale no this is a gross tale i think everybody's gonna get a little grossed out by this probably a lot grossed out depending on if you've heard it before or not okay well yeah tell me about it okay let's jump in so the uh, the main character in our story today is a man by the name of Carl Tanzler. Okay. Carl Tanzler has several different things he goes by uh, that you might know him as. But the one that you might have heard the most was Count Carl von Kossel. Count Carl von Chocula. Yes. Chocula. (laughs) I am familiar with his cereal. 
if we're going to compare him to like some sort of uh, serial monster, he might be the Frankenberry because of dead <laughs> things. I don't know. <laughs> Ew. Ew. He was kind of a real life Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein, except he didn't succeed in creating life after death. And he was also one of the first quote unquote Florida men before people started using that term because he was in Florida. <laughs> oh, shut up. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this sounds like a winner of a story. I am so excited. <laughs> Me too. This is a good one. I really like this story. Uh, people have probably heard about it before. It's a guy in Florida in about the 20s and 30s um, who, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Basically, he's obsessed with a dead thing. Some, somebody who's dead. Oh, okay. I mean, we're all obsessed with somebody who's dead. Like, We could be. I mean, you be. like you like David Bowie. I mm -hmm. like... And Prince. And Prince, yeah. I'm trying to think who I like that's dead. I can't think of anybody. I'm, I'm You're a pretty, healthy adult. Good for you. I, I'm pro-living <laughs> for the most part. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a healthy individual. Good for you. But yeah, so this guy himself, this is a guy who's obsessed with a, a woman that he knew before she died. But let's get into the story. So yeah, early life for Count Carl. As you can imagine, he's not really a count. He wasn't born a count or anything like that. He made that up later. But when he was born... Oh, first, my source. My source for this is a book called Undying Love by Ben Harrison. This does not sound good. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. It's, there is some death. It doesn't. There's no such thing as undying in this story, but... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the love, I guess, is undying. But uh, okay, anyway, okay, so sure, sure. Carl himself, the man, the count, was born on February 8th, 1877 in Germany, Dresden, Germany. So he's a German. And he he says he claims that his family was descended from the Countess of Kossel, whose name was Anna Constantia von Brockdorf. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> she sounds great. I don't know. She. I've actually read up on her a little bit. She's got an interesting history of where she was a mistress to a count, and then she got banished for life. It, it, a whole bunch of stuff happened to this lady, but it has nothing to do with this story. And I don't even think they're actually related, but that's the story that he told people. That's, he, so, that's what he's claiming. He's one of those people that that's just what has he to say he's, like, related to Obama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my uh ancestor was uh king henry the eighth of england or something you know like somebody who always has to put that in a well, conversation that would explain a lot it's true it's true it is true actually my ancestor is king henry the eighth of england or was he's not alive anymore oh oh i wouldn't think so yeah that love died <laughs> but um that was not that was a dying love that was a dying one. Yeah, not an undying love. <laughs> but Carl is thinking as a kid that this countess was his, uh, you know, relative. He started having visions of her from a young age. And she would appear to him and say, this is the face of your destiny. This is the face of your one true love. And show him a vision of a woman with beautiful dark hair 
And she said, this is the woman you need to find. And this is your one true love. So it sounds like Count Carl's over here smoking the meth with the alligators or the crack alligators in Florida. And he's seeing No, shit. he's in Germany still. He's still in Germany as a little boy. But it doesn't mean he's not smoking something because, yeah, he's seeing stuff. Oh, okay. He's still, he's still in Germany. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He's still in Germany at this point seeing visions of the future love of his life. And he tries to commit it to memory. But, uh, you know, it takes a while for him to find his one true love. Doesn't it always? It does. It sure does. I mean, you know, there is, I guess, uh, such thing as love at first sight. But you still got to wait to see him. (laughs) That's true. That is so true. Was it love at first sight with you and your husband? Love, no. But I will say when I saw him get off his motorcycle on our first date, I thought, wow, he is so much better looking than his picture. (laughs) And that never (laughs) happens when you uh, meet someone online. Yeah, usually they pick the best picture of them of like one angle that just, you know, looks real mm-hmm. good in the natural light with a filter on it. <laughs> no, that that was something he had going for him. I was like, wow, he's cuter than this picture. This never happens. Okay. Okay, that's close enough. I would say to that that's the first I've heard of someone who's looked at someone and knew immediately <laughs> they liked him. <laughs> well, I knew I liked something about him. His motorcycle and his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both equally. No, I'm just kidding. Both of them. <laughs> but yeah, so Carl, he lived in Germany. Then he moved around the world, supposedly. This is all from his own writings. It's hard to know what's for sure. Um, but we do know that he lived in Australia right before World War One. He moved there. And since World War One was against, you know, the Germans. And Australia is part of the British Empire. He got rounded up with a bunch of other German citizens and put into something like a camp, like a prisoner camp. Uh, he, Carl called it a concentration camp, but I don't know about that so much. Um, and this is a true thing. Like this, we know for sure. He didn't make this up because there are accounts of this happening to people in Australia at that time okay once the war was over him and all the other prisoners were sent over to holland for processing and then they were allowed to go back into the real world to live their lives and what he decided to do with his life he got married (laughs) not to his ultimate beauty his you know love of his life but he got married Mm -hmm. in germany to a lady named doris schaefer in 1920 and they had two kids Oh, how nice. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And they took these two kids and they moved to the USA into Florida because he had a sister that lived in Florida. But even though he had married Doris, in the back of his head, he was always looking out for that black-haired beauty that he knew was his true love. I roll. Jerk. I know, right? He's like, I am prepared emotionally to cheat on my wife as soon as I find the woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in 1926, they're living in Florida. Uh, He got a job at a hospital in Key West called the Marine Hospital as a Mm -hmm. radiology technician. Not a doctor. Not a doctor. He never was a doctor, but he did tell people he was and they believed him. But no, he was a radiology technician. I know, right? Descended from a countess. He's a doctor. None of these things are true. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like a bunch of big fat lies. Carl. Yeah. He's a he's a phony. A big phony. 
You're a phony. <laughs> For sure, he's a total phony. And he talked a lot of smack about it. He just seemed to be like a pathological liar. He told people not only that he was a doctor and account, but also that he had nine diplomas. And he didn't even, you know, no, he didn't. What? <laughs> so, and it, he also said he was a submarine captain, which wasn't true either. So, oh my gosh, is like, it like just make up your profession day there? Like, yeah, oh, come on, Carl. Pre, like, I know, right? I know. Pre Google days, I guess you could just say whatever you want, and people were like, sure. Why not? <laughs> Honestly, it was probably real easy to just make up like a whole bunch of diplomas if you had some paper and a pen, like just go to town. Whatever you want to do, do it. Oh my god, absolutely. What who's gonna who can check up on it? Nobody. Nobody. At that time. Yeah, so it's real easy to just be who you want to be. Yeah, this is starting to sound like the Catch Me If You Can movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> make up whatever you want to have the life you need. But he didn't really get the life he needed. He just got a job to get money as a radiology technician. But it did lead him to meeting the girl of his dreams. You you don't mean his wife, right? Oh, absolutely not. No. He left he left his wife up where his sister lives in I have to look at this Zephyrillis Florida Zephyr Hills I think it's Zephyr Hills Florida I've never been there but that's where he left his wife and kids okay all right sounds fun to go he went to go live in Key West while his wife and kids were up there I don't think she missed him very much either yeah I'm sure she was like yeah go go it's fine I'll stay here yeah just send money <laughs> just send me money and just <laughs> we don't even mm -hmm. need to talk <laughs> so instead of his wife he met a woman with beautiful dark hair, just like in his vision from his countess relative. And this woman was named Maria Elena Miagro de Hoyos. Oh, very nice. I promise I'll never say it again because I'm pretty sure I fucked it up. But I tried. <laughs> it's fine. I think people get the spirit of the thing. Yeah, the spirit of it. And I just, it, they call her Elena. So we'll, that's what we'll refer to her as the rest of the Elena, time. Elena, that's pretty. Elena. Yeah, she was a young beauty, Cuban American, and she was married. She was in her tw early 20s and she was married, but her husband had kind of run off on her once she had a miscarriage early in their relationship. Oh, like that's not something to run out on. Right. Is that her fault? No. <laughs> but whatever. You know, he ran out on her, moved to Miami, and she stayed in Key West, and she was sick. What's sick with what? Uh, it, With consumption, with tuberculosis. Oh, so it's good. a bitch. It's a bitch. Yeah, I know. That's not, it doesn't look good for Elena, the beauty. So she goes to the hospital. Her That's where her family takes her to figure out what's going on. And that's where Carl meets Elena and falls in love with her, even though she's oh, got man. tuberculosis and is going to die. Yikes. I know, right? So it's not a match made in heaven, but he thinks it is. And he is in love immediately with her. He starts bringing her gifts and trying to talk to her parents about, you know, I'm a doctor. I have... I have miracle cures to make sure Elena doesn't die and can actually get better from something that 
at the time everybody's going to die of. Just because, you know, at that time there were no cures for tuberculosis. Some people just Mm -hmm. naturally got over it, but it was rare. Yeah. But he had her parents convinced that he was a doctor, he had some miracle cure, and that he needed access to her house is kind of gross yeah that's well i mean i mean times were different doctors did make house calls they yeah they did they did and they didn't know that he wasn't a doctor and that he was just in love (laughs) with their daughter (laughs) yeah but they must have suspected because like i said he was bringing her jewelry and clothing and shoes like trying to win her heart with gifts Mm -hmm. but it didn't work, Lisa. He's an old man, and he's in love with this beautiful young girl, and she's just like, can you just leave me alone? I'm sick. My husband ran off on me. I don't like you. I don't want these gifts, but I think also she's not feeling well, so she's like, okay, you know what? Let's see if these miracle cures work. Right. Maybe she felt like she had to entertain his affections and stuff just to survive. Yeah, I imagine so. And she didn't, she never reciprocated the love, but she never, uh, you know, told him to go away either. So Carl persists. He's a persistent little prick. And <laughs> he even convinces, he convinces the parents to let him bring an x-ray machine into her room because somehow having an x-ray machine in her room that he can use to make x-rays of her body will help her get over tuberculosis. This is what he's telling the family, and they believe it. Oh, Lordy Lou. I'm I'm sure he stole this from some hospital. He did. He did. He did. Did he? Okay. He stole it from the hospital he worked at to put it in her house. How do you smuggle... Like, I can only imagine this is a huge x-ray machine because in whatever, what year is this? About 1900 or so? Or where are we at? It is 1925, I believe. Okay. 1925. I cannot imagine that the x-ray machine would be, yeah, I don't think the x-ray machine would be that small. So smuggling this thing has to have been comical, in my opinion. Yeah, how did he do it? I don't know, but he did. He smuggled out the equipment into her house. Maybe it wasn't even really an x-ray machine. He just told him it was. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I get it on their side too. Like your your daughter is not doing well and anything that somebody can offer to help her feel better. I mean, I would probably take it too. It's just like just some sort of hope. Mm-hmm. He also had a tonic that he mixed up made from water and it had gold in it as well to drink for her. I don't, th- what was it, some gold schlager? Like, what's this guy doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I don't know. He's just trying to look fancy, but yeah, I've got some gold tonic that you can drink and it doesn't help anything. It's just, he says it did. Why don't you just force feed her mercury? God. Basically, is what it's sounding like. You know, maybe not quite as poisonous as mercury, but it's not good for you to have, like, metals and precious metals in your system. <laughs> Pro- probably not. I mean, we've all had, we've all done some Goldschlager. <laughs> uh, but... Actually, I haven't, but I would like to. I mean, it, it's okay. It, it, it might be a smidge overrated, but it, it is kind of cool looking at the little golden flakes. But, I mean, I think you just poop them out. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, I don't think it's probably going to hurt or anything. I would like to try it. Maybe we'll put it in our cocktail when we make one. Ooh, love it. 
<laughs> but yeah, so she, like I said, she's not into him. She's 21 years old. He's 50 years old. You know, both of them are married technically still. It just, it's just kind of a strange situation. And But unfortunately, none of his bogus treatments work. And Elena does end up dying of tuberculosis October 25th. 1951 right near halloween yeah and carl as you imagine is devastated oh i bet yeah that he had been using his own money to try and help her out which he doesn't have a lot of he's not actually a doctor making the big bucks Mm -hmm. and he even after her death he still is using her his money for her so he pays for a funeral out of his own pocket for her builds her an above ground mausoleum that's elaborately mm. carved. Mm-hmm. Fancy. Commissioned a death mask of her face, which her family didn't realize he was doing. Did he do her boobs too? Maybe on his own. But yeah, he, he paid for the funeral. He got permission from her parents to move the body from the original resting place into the mausoleum once that was built. And once he did that, once he was going to move it into the mausoleum, he realized that initially she hadn't been embalmed. So... He got her embalmed after the fact. She'd already basically been buried for, I don't know, a year or so. (gasps) Really? And he had her cleaned up at, you know, he went to the morticians and he got her cleaned up. He got her corpse cleaned up, made sure she got some embalming fluid in there and then put her in the mausoleum that he had a key to. Say he took her to a mortician beautician. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Clean her up like pretty woman but she's dead yeah yeah (laughs) richard gear i could totally see him playing Mm. carl (laughs) yeah so he kept a key to the mausoleum without her parents knowledge and he would visit her every night to sing to her and talk to her oh because i'm sure she loved that in her afterlife right yeah like she's in there going oh i hope carl visits today she doesn't care anymore but no he's still coming can't let go. Um, he, it, There's a rumor. I don't think this is true, but there is a rumor that he had a phone installed inside of her mausoleum to talk to her. <gasps> Bitch is crazy. It doesn't even make sense. Who's going to answer the phone? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, even if he called and like, does he really expect someone to answer? And could you imagine being like in the graveyard and you hear ring, 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 ring. Like, oh my God. Who the fuck I has a phone out. out here? I would freak out so bad. Like, why is there a phone inside of this mausoleum I'm walking past right now? <laughs> like, this, this is just too weird. I'm going to go home. This, yeah, definitely a macabre story. And it just gets worse from here. Uh, so if anybody's like in the car and already starting to feel sick about this, uh, get yourself ready. Maybe turn it off. Go to a different podcast that's a little more happy-go-lucky because this is going to get into some corpsey stuff. It's going to get corpsey up in this mug. It's going to get corpsey. <laughs> corpsey up in this it bitch. <laughs> it's a cor- corpsey, not cropsey. I think I actually said cropsey. <laughs> um, I heard corpsey. Oh, okay, cool. Cool, because cropsey is another story I'd like to cover one day, but not today. So anyway, so he spent two years going down to visit her at her mausoleum basically every night. And when he would sing to her and talk to her, he said her spirit would emerge from the mausoleum to, you know, chit chat, sing with him, talk to him. He said that one of the things she always asked him is, please take my body home to your home. 
Bullshit. I call bullshit. What? You don't think a young lady who didn't love him when she was alive would actually want to go home with him as a corpse? <laughs> she didn't want to go home with him when she was alive. Why would she want to do it when she's dead? No. Exactly. It's so disgusting. He, he's got himself a fancy delusion here. <laughs> I should say. Yeah. So he, he eventually listened to her. He got sick of just... Having this long-distance relationship where he could... <laughs> long-distance relationship? <laughs> Be- beyond the grave is quite a distance. <laughs> <laughs> long-distance is a tough thing to try. <laughs> mm. He should have given up. I wonder if he called her mausoleum if it was long-distance charges. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or like he would try to call collect and she'd pick up and be like uh, I don't accept the charges <laughs> well apparently ghost her is so into him I guess so apparently but I don't think so <laughs> yeah. so he, he got sick of this long distance relationship bullshit and he asked her to move in with him by stealing her body out of the mausoleum <laughs> okay <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm so sorry. I'm too tickled that he asked her her to move in by taking her body by force. (laughs) And guys, I'm not laughing at, I mean, I'm laughing at the situation here because, and she's already dead. It's not like she was murdered. God rest her poor soul because her body obviously is not going to have any rest with this guy. No. (laughs) Yes. That's the gross part about. Yes. I I agree. I don't think. I mean, when this story came out and people heard about this local guy with his corpse bride, basically, they thought it was romantic and kind of pitiful, but in like a, oh, poor guy kind of way, instead of thinking it was gross and defiling a corpse and stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, we're not alone in thinking that this is kind of a, just a weird situation. I, I, there's no real crime. Ex- I mean, there's no victim here. She's already dead. I don't know. I don't know. Don't do it, basically. But <laughs> well, I mean, there's <laughs> already thing happened. as like corpse, like a corpse, corpse defilement or uh, improper handling of a corpse. I know there's other things you can be yeah. charged with legally. This is obviously yeah. not doing the right thing here. <laughs> You're right. It's it's illegal. I just I'm like from a perspective of like, is he actually hurting anybody? No. I guess from an ethical standpoint, <laughs> there is no further harm. I suppose. Right. She's- Except to the family, I imagine. You know, the family's probably thinking it's disgusting. But anyway, it's gross. It's gross. But in April 19... Oh, hold on. I think I've got my years mixed up here. Because I've I've put April 1933, and I had put her death in 51. So I think I meant to put she died in 1931. Okay. We'll we'll allow it. We'll allow it. That sounds (laughs) right. Thank you. I, I must have put the wrong number down. So in, in April 1933, he took her corpse out of the mausoleum, put it in a child's wagon. Excuse me? Did he put it in a freaking like radio flyer? <laughs> Basically, he put it in a, in a radio flyer and whistled on his way home, just carrying this corpse in a wagon. <laughs> oh my gosh. Could you? Oh my gosh. No. He's just like doop, 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 walking right? down the street with the poor dead girl and people are 
Yeah. Is anybody seeing this? Like, is anybody he's outside? Is he night. doing it at night? <laughs> he did do it at night. But I don't think he's trying to hide it. He's got her body in a wagon. I don't know. It's very strange. I can just see, like, the neighbor out on his, like, porch having a smoke. <laughs> sees freaking Carl Von Boobyhead walking by. And he's like, he, like, flicks his cigarette. Says, not my business. Fucking Florida. Walks back inside. Exactly. like, I'm not dealing with this. Yeah, I've got enough on my plate to worry about this old man with his child's wagon. I don't even want to know what's in it. <laughs> I like your accent for that, too. That was Thank a good you. Job. I work really hard on it. <clears throat> so Count Carl von Kossel has stolen his lady love from her mausoleum, put her in a child's wagon, and drags her all the way, <laughs> not quite to his home. First, he brings her to his lab. His laboratory. Oh, God. Dr. Frank Frankenstein over here. Exactly. Frankenstein. <laughs> it's pronounced Igor. <laughs> Not Igor? <laughs> it was, they told me it was Igor. Well, I guess they were wrong then, weren't they? <laughs> oh, my God. I love that movie so much. <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's kind of like this. It's kind of like a, a parody of Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, Lordy Lou. Yeah, so he he brings her into the lab. Her, the body's in pretty rough shape, as you can imagine. It's been about uh, three years since she died. And he wanted to restore her as much as possible. Oh, God, Carl. I, just, I know, it's pretty just gross. Just stop, please. You could just move on. You know that, right? You could just move on. You could totally move on. Go back to your wife, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> or do her a favor and move on. <laughs> like, Or that too, go. yeah, yeah. You could go to. I don't know. You know what, Carl? You could go to Cuba and find yourself a million beauties because them some gorgeous people, but uh, gorgeous. Don't need to go after the dead. No, no. But he did, (laughs) and this is where it starts to get fun. This is where it starts to get a little Ripley's Believe It or Not. Oh God, go. Just tell me. Just tell me. So in his laboratory. This is why it's not in his home, because I guess he didn't want to mess up his house. But in his lab, he used piano wire and wire clothes hangers to tie the bones of her body back together. All right, you're going to hear me gag a few times if you keep talking about this, but uh, go ahead. If, if you gag, that's a natural human response. I want you to know. Hey, everybody, we're showing <laughs> a new drinking game. If I gag, do a shot. You're going to be trashed. <laughs> <laughs> do I want this to get worse should i go into detail now (laughs) it wouldn't be a good story unless you unless you gave us the details (laughs) yeah i've got some details here Uh, so that was what he did with the bones was piano wire now for her skin which is gone it's gone it's basically gone there's no skin left he made one for her he made a, a skin for her what he used was silk soaked in wax and plaster of Paris. You know what this reminds me of? What? With the, with the whole, like, skin thing? Okay, so I had this, like, thing when I was a kid. I forgot what it was called. I think it was called, like, the Edible Creepy Candy Creator or something like what? that. So it was, like, it looked like a little, like, creepy lab, and you could make, like, gummies that look like worms you could make candy that looked like skeleton but there's this thing where you could make edible skin and basically you put Ew. some water you put some water in this like little bowl area and then you sprinkled this powder and it like 
jellified on top or you know how like pudding gets skin on it on the top yeah or, or tomato soup it was kind of like that and you took this like little arm that was like a skeleton arm and you stuck it underneath and you lifted it and it looked like skin and you could eat it it was the most disgusting thing i'm sure my parents i don't know who got it for me someone someone who had a sixth sense of humor like me but (laughs) (laughs) oh and there was uh it was actually called i think dr dreadful's like zombie laboratory something like that and you could eat like this gooey brain fizz stuff oh my gosh Oh my God, Lisa! Did you eat all of the stuff that you made? Uh, you know, I ate the the like zombie brains was good. The little um, gummy worms was good, but I remember the skin Gag. being disgusting. I mean, it was really cool because you're like lifting up this like long piece of like looks like dried oh up skin. God. <laughs> Everybody take like 10 shots right now. I think I've (laughs) mentally gagged several times. (laughs) Now that's really cool though, Lisa. I want that now. (laughs) They may still make it. I don't know. But uh, that's what I was thinking of when you said he made her skin. I was like, did he do the the powder on the water and lift it up? (laughs) (laughs) Lisa's like, I've done that too. (laughs) I've made skin before. (laughs) Been there, done that ate it too <laughs> you're like and it tasted okay <laughs> it was i mean it wasn't the best the zombie brains was the best it was sweet and sour it was good Ooh, i love sweet and sour mm-hmm. yummy maybe i'll try eating a zombie brain mm. but anyway i hey you know what i've heard that uh zom- if i'm gonna eat like zombies and aliens and stuff it's vegan it's considered vegan <laughs> so <laughs> oh very nice good to know so it's okay now I can dive right into that disgusting macabre fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we digress or digest. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. <laughs> so he, he uh, used the silk on her skin to help, you know, create a shape, I suppose. He made a wig for her. And I can't, I can't tell you for certain if he made the wig from her hair, from, you know, he had the corpse and the hair was falling out did he use the hair from the corpse or i think elena's mother gave him a wig for her as well i don't really i've seen both ways and i don't know what's the real answer none of them sound like a good answer Uh, yeah i mean that's true (laughs) basically he had a wig for her and he put glass eyes in her eye sockets Mm -hmm. he stuffed her chest and abdomen with rags to help maintain the shape. I mean, that's what I do. <laughs> Did you ever stuff your bra, Lisa, with like tissues and stuff to keep it, you know, big and plump? <laughs> there was a time or two I did put some tissues in my in my brassiere. Nice. Nice. I never did, but I did use super like uh, uh, cushiony bras that have like the thick, the not the water bras, but basically like the water bras. I totally had a water bra. (laughs) Did you? I wanted one. It was too expensive. (laughs) Yeah, I had one. It was fun. Did you uh, bust a leak in it? Nope. I don't think it ever leaked. I just, I think I ended up just growing out of it. I got real boobs, didn't need the water ones. Interesting. Maybe look up some water bras, see if they're still around. But anyway. (laughs) So you can imagine that Elena at this point is a little stinky and too avoid the stink he decides to use oils chemicals and perfume to help alleviate the smell all right everybody take a take a drink i gagged i'm gonna save up all my drinks for later when i get home (laughs) everybody do a shot of goldschlager 
Yeah, yeah, it's got to be Goldschlager for this episode. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I don't think it actually helped with the stench too much, but he did use all that junk. And after the renovation of her body, he did eventually bring her home from the lab to his actual house. There, he dressed her up in a wedding dress, complete with stockings, jewelry, and gloves. How did he put gloves on her? That kind of grosses me out to think about. Any uh, Paige, all this grosses me out. <laughs> I guess so. I guess the stockings and the gloves in my head are very similarly like, oh, God. Things are, how do you stuff them into something tight like that? Oh, God, I don't know. But yeah, gag mm. city. And then to top off, you know, the, the topping on the cake is that he put Elena's body in his bed most of the time. That's where it stayed most of the time. Um, we'll get, we're going to get into that a little bit later, what might have happened there. But he also like would carry her around the house, prop her up in chairs and stuff so that they could talk. Major eye roll. And dance. He would dance with her. Yeah. <laughs> Gag, eye roll. They're all appropriate, appropriate responses. Um, he was always trying to come up with schemes throughout this time to preserve her or to make her more lifelike. One of his crazier ideas, he was planning to fly her corpse into the stratosphere, hoping that the radiation from the stratosphere would restore her body somehow. Okay, he does understand that he's basically used fake inorganic items to make her lifelike. She's not going to be reanimated exactly... Stratosphere? Yeah. How exactly are you doing this, dum-dum? Well, he was going to build a plane, Lisa. <laughs> he had a plane in her back in his backyard that he was building as an airship, he called it. But it looks kind of just like a plane. Like he just would find junk airplane parts to build this in his backyard. There's a picture of it online of this airship that he was building. It didn't look like it was going to get off the ground anytime soon, but that was his idea is that, he, that somehow the radiation would zap her, not necessarily zap life back into her, but make her body more whole again, which I did impossible. So. Did he did he like Microsoft paint himself a pilot's license or some shit? Like what the <laughs> fuck? And an engineering license and a mechanics license and all that other yeah. jazz like doctor. for real. Yeah, he was a doctor, he wasn't a mechanic, he was a uh what's it called? Submarine captain. <laughs> Why not just plunge her below the depths of the water and hope she comes back because that's just as plausible as sending her into the fucking stratosphere. Yeah, may as well build a submarine, too, while you're at it. <laughs> might as well. So here's where we're going to get into what hap what might have happened in the bed with Elena. Oh, dear Jeebus. Oh. Now, this is unproven. I know, it's gross. This is going to get really gross. But this is unproven. And it's it's likely, but it's unproven. So in my opinion, this is probably what happened between Carl and Elena. But we don't know for sure. In 1972, two physicians who had attended Elena's autopsy post everything Carl did to her. Oh, great. Yeah, it's, this is going to get gross. The two physicians who had been there, uh, they stated that while they were performing this autopsy on her remains, they saw a tube inserted into her vagina. Mm, all right, guys, take a shot. Gag. 
<laughs> yeah, just drink the whatever's in your chug, thing. Just chug, drink guys. the rest of it. Fucking chug it. Just chug it. You might need to at this point. <laughs> chug, chug. Pretty fucking disgusting. So we we can't say for certain what it was for or even if there really was a tube in there because it took so long for them to come out to say it since it was in 1972 by the time they talked about it. Some people say they were just making it up for uh, attention at that point mm-hmm. since, you know, no tube was ever reported to the public at the time of the autopsy. There's no pictures of it, even though they have extensive pictures of, not extensive, but they have pictures of her body. And the only evidence as we had is the word of the two doctors over 30 years later. So, I mean, it could be that the original autopsy purposefully left out those details because of how gross it was for decency's sake. Because back then that kind of sounds like something they would do, but I don't know for sure. Mm -hmm. I think it's likely that he was doing something. Why else would he go to all this trouble and then put her in his bed? Yeah. I don't know. Yikes. Disgusting. So <laughs> anyway, that's that's that was jumping the gun a little bit. That was us talking about what happened after he got caught. But now let's talk about how Frankenstein got found out. The the local gossip, uh, basically people knew what was going on because he was not very good at hiding it. There was rumors that Carl was seen dancing in his house with the windows all open with a life-size doll. So there's that. Yuck. And... There's a lot of locals who had seen Carl for two years. Carl had gone to Elena's mausoleum every single night. And then after he stole her body, he never went back. So even if they didn't know that he stole the body, they are starting to suspect like, okay, why did he just stop coming all of a sudden when he had been there every night? So that's a little strange. Also, he's estranged from his wife so why is he buying perfume and ladies clothing all the time there's another weird thing well i mean maybe he wanted to wear it himself maybe he did but it wasn't his size actually i don't know (laughs) (laughs) could have been all for all i know but um after two years like i said after two years of visiting that was kind of the clincher of them being like he probably took the body with him home so her sister elena's sister nana heard these rumors and was like i need to know for myself if he's got my sister's body so he she confronted carl at his home and he confessed he told nana that he had her sister's body in his house and he even showed it to her where yeah elena's body was sitting up in a chair and he's like yeah there she is right over there in a wedding dress this was in the way this is one of the times that the corpse was wearing the wedding dress i guess because he would change her clothes Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. And you want to know, do, how long do you think that he kept Elena's corpse in his house before oh. he got caught? Oh, Paige. Don't make me guess. Just tell me. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you. Imagine. I'll tell you. It was, it, the Nana came to his house and found out that Elena was there basically in October 1940. So seven years he had this corpse and he no. was playing dress up with. For seven years. This is disgusting. What I mean, it's gonna be like a puddle. Besides <laughs> bone, what was left of her anyway? Like, I mean, Not much. like really, all he's do- working with is bone here. I mean, I think. Yep. yep. It's well, yeah. It's bone. It's the silky skin that he had created, and uh, he put he put like a paper mache face on it like it just it's nothing left of her anymore basically like you said except for the bones and 
maybe some other matter left on the bones. I don't know, but it's disgusting and yuck. Yeah. He was arrested because of this for grave robbing and abusing a corpse. There, Yeah, abusing a corpse, definitely. Yeah, disgusting. Ugh. Um, so, uh, but unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, I, I, I'm going to say unfortunately, he didn't get, um, get, the case didn't go through because the statute of limitations had passed for the crime. How, how could they pass if, I mean, is it like the initial taking of the body counts as the date of uh, the, the, the crime was committed? Not the, the whole fact crime. that he kept her for seven years? It must be. That's the only way I can think of it, Lisa, because if the statute of limitations had passed, but he was still doing things and abusing the body, I think they're only counting it from the time he stole it from the grave. Okay, gotcha. I don't know. It's not. And also, like I said before, when this story came out and hit the news circuits, locals of Key West were like, or in Florida, whoever had heard about it, a lot of the public opinion was like, thinking of him as some kind of hopeless romantic. So they didn't necessarily want to see him get punished. They were like, it's just a lonely old man. No, he's a fucking creepo. Okay. (laughs) I don't understand why they thought it was a romantic story, but they, it it was kind of the public opinion at the time. So uh, after the trial and after all these people figured out what he had done, he actually, Carl requested Elena's body be returned to him thinking, well, I'm not in trouble, so can I have her back? No. Oh, bitch. No. no. <laughs> back off. <laughs> you can't have no bodies anymore, ever. So it was denied. It was denied. I they should hope so. Him. I'd be pissed if it was approved. No, I know, right? That would be so disgusting. But no, they did not give it back to her. In fact, what uh, after she was autopsied, they put her d- remains on display in a local funeral home. I don't know why. It's kind of gross kind of what the fuck like she's been through enough let her rest in peace and her family is still around i mean her sister was the one who found out where the body was so you would think for Mm -hmm. like the family's sake at least put it away but the six thousand people came to see elena's body in the funeral home before she actually got buried in a real cemetery in an unmarked grave because they were like let's not tell Carl where the body is he's probably going to try to steal it again <laughs> that's insane and I mean it's smart that they d- put it in an unmarked grave because if they put it right back he would have gone right back to her mausoleum you know he would have you, you know, know he, he would have he w- he was probably like oh okay why don't you just bury the body then hmm, hmm. ah damn it now I don't know where it is <laughs> <laughs> good lord that's the, uh, and they probably it also said that they wanted to avoid other people like kind of going after her body being inspired sure. by Carl. Yeah. Ugh. I know. So in his last years without Elena, Carl opened up his Frankenstein lab to tourists. He charged 25 cents a pop. And after people stopped showing up to see his gross lab, he Mm. uh, decided instead, maybe to get, you know, back in the public view again, he blew up Elena's old mausoleum with dynamite. I don't know why. I don't understand that part. (laughs) Well, if you don't want to rest in peace here, no one will. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's like, I paid for it. I'm going to take it with me. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) 
but he he did he blew it up and then he moved away from key west and he moved into a house that was kind of close to where his wife lived in zephyr hills florida they live separately they're they're i'm pretty sure at this point they're definitely estranged she never like got another man as far as i know but when he started to go downhill health wise she supported him like financially and would take care of him she is a better woman than i am because if I know. my husband ran off to go you know do disgusting things with a corpse i i think i would pretty much wash my hands a million times of that Oh my god, yes. Yes, I would forget he existed and if he tried to contact me again, I would call the cops and like get a restraining order. <laughs> like you're not coming around me and my kids. <laughs> I would fucking bleach sanitize my hands of this situation. <laughs> Good idea. Good idea. But she did it. She I guess she had some sort of loyalty to him. But anyway, while he was living out his final years, he still had Elena's death mask because nobody knew he had commissioned that. So mm-hmm. he just kind of held on to it. And he used it to create a doll of her body. So he, he created a doll that, you know, reminiscent of Elena's body and put the death mask on its face. Everybody take a shot. I'm gagging again. <laughs> Hope y'all ate something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who's drunk yet? Raise your hand. <laughs> But there's a rumor that he used this doll that he made with the death mask on it to do an old switcheroo to get Elena's body back from the unmarked grave and put the doll in the grave. So nobody, you know, is like, he, ha I've got the body again <laughs> kind of thing. But I don't think that's true. I think that's a rumor. I don't see how. I hope. I think I think that. it's a rumor, too. I'm not, I'm not going to believe that one because I don't think he's smart enough. I mean, come right. on. Yeah. Come on. Up until this point, yeah, exactly. Up until this point, anything he's done has been like out of complete, just dumb luck. Like nobody happened to see him walking a corpse in a wagon all the way to a lab from a cemetery. Like it's that's not him being smart. That's just people ignoring him. <laughs> yeah. So I agree. I don't think he's smart enough to do that. Um, he did die in 1952 at the age of 75 years old. And when they found his body in the house, uh, the rumor is that he was found holding the doll of Elena, like the body of Elena. But um, the truth is he she was found. The doll was found in the house with him, but he wasn't holding it or anything. And that's it. That's the story of Count Carl von Kossel come to a close. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Are you, you ready to go eat a big delicious meal? <laughs> uh, thank God. Well, I'm about to say I already ate, but uh, it might come right back up. Yeah, I know. That's pretty disgusting. I'm actually about to go eat dinner. <laughs> oh, God bless you. Barf. I know, right? We'll see if I can stomach anything. <laughs> Good luck with that one. But anyway, thanks for listening, guys. That's our episode for today. We love the fact that you guys were listening, and I hope you enjoyed that gross episode. Totally gross. Totally gross. (laughs) Super gross. (laughs) If you liked what you heard, please be sure to check us out on Instagram at Near Death Dolls Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Near Death Dolls, and please send us an email to neardeathdolls at gmail.com with your story that you want us to share. Be sure to put in the subject line, listener story or dear dollies. 
and let us know if we can use your name or not. We're happy to be um, anonymous. And if you have a social media, if you do want us to shout you out, we can do that too. So just mm-hmm. totally. shoot us an email. Mm-hmm. And if you like what you heard, let us know by leaving a review. You guys can also help us out by taking a screenshot while you're listening to the episode and share on Instagram or Twitter and be sure to tag us. That's a fast, simple, and free way to support us. Darling dollies, I have to say, you guys are just the bomb.com.edu.net.gov. And we appreciate you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, for sure. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Until next time, dolls. Bye-bye. Sweet dreams. Yeah, don't fuck corpses. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Drink! Yeah, drink. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. A special thanks to Sam Hears for our art and music. If you'd like to see more from him, check out the links in our show notes. 